Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Elizabeth Reese. I'm Marjorie Punnett. And this is Best to the Nest, the podcast that is all about creating happy, healthy, beautiful homes that prepare us to fly. And boy, did I fly. You're back. I'm back. I missed you guys. We took a week off because I was in London and Norway for 10 days. That's incredible. The trip looked incredible. I was following you on Instagram and it looked really fun. It was really just picturesque. It was like Mm. a lot of those sites where you see the world and you go, I can't believe that the earth is this beautiful. Yes. I mean, it's it's sort of challenging to not believe in some sort of higher power when you see something that gorgeous, I think. The first time I went to Sedona, Arizona, that's how I felt. Yeah. Because I had never, I grew up in the Midwest, I had never seen anything quite like it. And I thought, how have I lived my whole life and didn't know that there was a place this beautiful? Right? Yeah, right. Yeah, I know just what you're feeling. So today we're talking a little bit about this idea of leaving the nest, maybe going somewhere, being exposed to something totally different. And there are a couple of elements of this. I think, number one, when I travel, the bottom line is I love to experience the culture and kind of figure out what's working for those people that I can make work for me. <laughs> Very good. Very <laughs> you know? efficient. And there are some things about the Norwegian people that are totally working that I think that we should all be instituting into our own lives. And then number two, you know, the logistical challenges of leaving. And particularly, I think when you're a mother, listen, I was not a mother for most of my life and jetting off somewhere was easy breezy. And was a joy. And was a joy. And came without complication. And no conflict. Right. And so this trip was my first major trip with my husband. I mean, we were, he was there. So we went on this trip with Twin Cities Live viewers. Okay. Tell everybody the whole, what the whole trip was. So it's pretty special. Yeah. The whole trip is, it's a come along trip with viewers. So people buy their tickets to go and travel with us, Mm -hmm. which is, I mean, still kind of shocking to me that 140 people want to come and travel with me. I'm like, wow, that's so nice. It's just so nice and amazing. So the trip then involves um my husband That's a lot of responsibility. I know it is, yeah, it is a lot of responsibility. You better be nice. No kidding. My <laughs> husband and I and then we bring a team of people from Twin Cities Live and we shoot a whole bunch of stories that are going to air on Twin oh. Cities Live. So there's a working there's definitely like a a real literal working element there. Right. And then and we went to London, so we fly into Heathrow, mm. we go to London for 2 days and we went to Stonehenge and that was really cool, very windy that day. I know I saw you did a post from oh Stonehenge. <laughs> I was nearly blown over. It was unbelievable. That's how we were on Loch Ness once. Yes. And I, we were, we let the kids up on top of the boat, like not, like just to the upper deck. And they told me years later that Campbell almost blew away. <laughs> <laughs> That's how windy it was. It was. 
was his We creepy. nearly lost him. His feet left the ground. Because he was like eight. Oh, sure. So and just a wispy little thing. A wispy little thing. Sam was blew away. Oh, my anyway, goodness. So it was windy and Stonehenge. So windy and Stonehenge. And then we get on this cruise ship and we cruise through Norway. And so we did the western <gasps> coast of Norway. We did four ports in Norway. And, you know, we did a big day at sea. And then our first port is Bergen. And Bergen is known as this incredible food city. And, oh. um, it, and so I had looked up some places to go and eat and in particular this one little restaurant that was known as being like really had just like a lot of the Norwegian classics things like fish pie and like stew with pork and <laughs> and potatoes and all that good stuff right so we trekked there, ate tons of great food, um, wandered around the city and just loved it. And then, you know, we go on to different ports. And my favorite thing of the whole trip was visiting this goat farm. <laughs> Does anyone really? think that's surprising? The goat farm was so incredible because we, we went to this port and it's called Geranger and it's Geranger Fjord. And so it's a tiny. I can hear that. I can hear that. That sort of Norwegian I, spirit in you when you say it. My Norwegian is bad. I can't speak Norwegian. No, it's good. There's so many letters in all of these words. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. So, but this Geranger Fjord is this Gerenga beautiful Ford. fjord. And you know, a fjord is basically just the sea coming into the land in between mountains. That's what a fjord is. Okay, can you say that again? Because to be honest, I never knew what a fjord I think a lot was. of people don't. It's, okay, say it's it when the sea comes in between mountains and then like into the land that's in between the mountains. Does that make sense? And so basically when you're like traveling through a fjord, you're in between two mountains in seawater and Mm. it's just so beautiful. It's so shockingly beautiful. So when we pulled into Geranger Fjord, we're in the fjord and we're getting to the village. And the village I is... I love it every time you say it. I have to say it with a little bit of... Oomph. I love it. It's good. Okay. We're getting into the fjord and there are 220 people that live in this village, Marjorie. 220 people and a cruise ship shows up. So they're prepared for this. This I don't know exactly when the first cruise ship started going to this place, but it's been a great thing for them because it's this little tiny village of 220 people right. and a whole cruise ship gets off and spends money and then wants to leaves. buy things. Yeah, and a then leaves. A whole cruise ship that wants to buy things. That's exactly gets off. it. So there are 220 people, there is one road that gets you in and out. And the road has 11 hairpin turns up the side of a mountain. And then you can take a ferry to get in and out, but you can't do the ferry in the winter. So these people are like legit isolated. We got a warning on the ship that you will have no Wi-Fi when we, for like two days, when we're there, when we're get the part where we're getting there, when we're in that port, and then when we're leaving, which, you know, to us is like kind of terrifying. No Wi-Fi. Right. I mean, I, I, I'm having a little panic attack. It was, as you say. yes. What, what? And then we My take. My phone ran out of power yesterday and I panicked. <laughs> so we get to the village and then we get on a bus and we take those 11 hairpin pin turns on a bus. I mean, the bus oh. had to like go so slow. At one point, Jay looked over and he was like, we're going to fall over. We are going to tumble to our deaths. It was very intense. Mm-hmm. And then we get to this goat farm and we get to this fifth generation goat farm. And it's this woman. She grew up there. So she and her husband live on the farm. She is the daughter of the fourth generation. She was one of five sisters who grew up on this farm. So it kind of reminded me of you, Marjorie, with Mm -hmm. all your sisters. And they have these goats. They milk the goats. And then a lot of the milk 
gets shipped off to a cooperative and then the co-op makes just like we have here with dairy co-ops sure. and then they make all sorts of cheeses and things like that with it and then they make on site this cheese called Brunost, which is also just the same as Yetost. A lot of Norwegian people will know Yetost. And it's like a caramelized cheese. So it's sweet. Mm. It's like sweet and caramel colored. And oh, Yetost is classic. I really enjoy it, but some people don't love it. They told us that the French people, whenever the French people visit, they like turn their noses up at it. But, you well, know, they turn their noses whatever. up at everything. So the Norwegian people, this is like a staple for them, is this Yetost or this Brunost cheese. I think the Swedes more call it Yetost. And they put it just on these little flatbread and they eat it all the time. And when they were kids, they get tend to sent to school with a yay toast sandwich. Aww. But what was so interesting and where I bring this up is because and how it really relates to Best to the Nest is this idea of people's homes. I mean, these people, you go, we got to go on a tour of their farm and then see the process of making the cheese, the Brunost. And then we went into their home. They were like, come on into our home. And they had two tables set up with all these different cheeses that are made out of their goat's milk for us to try. And then you could buy cheese if you wanted. And mm -hmm. then you could talk to the husband and talk to the wife about their life. And they have one daughter who has since had a son and they now live in Alessand, which is a city that we visited as well. That's like an hour and a half from Geringer. And the grandson is likely going to be the next generation who takes over the farm wow. because he loves it so much. And she left, the woman who was living there running the farm left and went to high school in Seattle huh. and then eventually came back and felt like this calling to come home and to come right. to the farm. And Marjorie, I mean, it is the most simple life that you can imagine. It is in the middle of nowhere. I mean, they have, you know, they've got like a couple little farm neighbors, but Do they have Wi-Fi. I don't even know if they have Wi-Fi. <laughs> I'm still stuck I was on the very confused. Although I bought something and my credit card went through on the little machine, so they have okay, to have some something. sort of their own Wi-Fi thing. <laughs> yeah. But they had this simple Scandinavian house. You know, everything looked so Scandinavian, like the super light wood, which just, I love that sort of clean, clean, just very minimalist, right. small. I did not see a television anywhere. Now, granted, I didn't like go into their bedrooms, but I was mm -hmm. in like the little main level. You walk in. And then you go up these open stairs, like the, you know, the stairs with no back on the stair. Right. Which I just think looks so cool. Up the stairs and then into their little living and dining room where they serve you the cheese. And there was such a simplicity about it. And when she was making the cheese, you have to stir this pot over a wood fire, which is how they do it. They do it the traditional way oh for hours. You're standing there, okay. stirring with a giant <laughs> wooden paddle, this milk, this well, goat's this milk. Isn't, this isn't going to happen for us. It's not. But no. The, I can't take away the stirring part. The stirring part went on forever, but there was like this, there was this presence about these people yeah. and about a lot of the people in Norway. I mean, we were in these, we were in smaller cities. You know, Norway has a population of about 5.3 million. It's about the same population as Minnesota, as the state of Minnesota for the That's entire crazy. country. That's crazy. And, um, but I want it's, to be president of a country like that. Right? Nice with a real, um, with a, and manageable. with some major oil wealth. That's the other thing Perfect. you want. They've got like a ton Perfect. of oil money. Everywhere we went, it was just this idea of it's it's like that Scandinavian simplicity and slowing down that I right. found to be the most inspiring thing. And really, even though I saw people on their phones, it didn't feel like as intrusive. Right. And it felt like this idea of just enjoying 
where you are at that moment. And I thought so much about Best to the Nest and like what we're trying to accomplish here and what we're trying to sort of bring to the forefront of our own lives and everyone who's participating with us. And it's easy for us to say, oh, look at how these people live and it's so simple. But I do think all of us every day can really, really analyze how could we get closer to that. Yeah. Because I think it's important. I totally agree. There is something about being present that's just so... You can find joy in every little thing. Oprah Winfrey, remember when she had that big thing about Eckhart Tolle? Oh, yeah. And how he was... Oh, I did the whole webinar. Yeah, of course. Eckhart Tolle, who I'm... He's great. I can't even remember the name of the book. He wrote a couple books, several of them, I'm sure. But the whole... I remember part reading that book and and a lot of it at the time... I should reread it because I probably read it 15 years ago. So I think a lot of it was kind of over my head then because I I was in my early 20s. And so... (laughs) I was, and, just, you know, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> just running around, having a good time. When Please. are we going to happy hour? It was what <laughs> I was wondering. See, you were present. You were just present in your own. I was way. present in my own way. But I remember one very specific story in that book where he talks about the idea of taking a shower, and he says, "Have you ever actually?" felt what it feels like to take a shower. Mm -hmm. And he describes what's happening when you're taking a shower. You're in this warm water, hopefully. You're in like this cozy, steamy environment, and you can feel the water rushing over you. You hear the sound of the water. You are just methodically doing a little task at a time, which is washing your hair. You can't be doing a million other things while you're in the shower. But what happens to us is that so often our minds are racing in so many other directions that we are truly never experiencing the shower because we're making a list of what we have to get at the grocery store. We're looking at our body and going, oh gosh, look at that. Ew, I wish that I was thinner. Or right. whatever. Right. Or, and granted, there are also other things that can disrupt your shower, like toddlers. I mean, they are notorious <laughs> for being like, Mama, what are you doing? Mama, where are you? Mama, what happened? Mama, where are you going? I'm not saying that's my life, but that's oh, my but Franklin impression. I know he's a love. So there are other things that, I mean, there are definitely like external forces, but a lot of, I mean, the vast majority of the showers that we've taken in our life, we have just completely missed because we're so not present in anything that we're doing. It's so funny that you bring that up. The book was The Power of Now. Thank you. I loved the webinar series that she did, and I actually love Eckhart Tolle, and I loved that book. It's funny that you bring up the shower because I don't know now if it's because of that now that I think about it, but... A couple of years ago, I made a decision that I was going to enjoy the shower. <laughs> and so I have eucalyptus spray. Yes. I have loofah. Yes. I have every sort of wonderful smelling thing you could imagine so that when I scrub my skin, it's a beautiful process. And I wonder now if that's why I started doing I it. I bet it was. I think it probably was. I bet was. it was the shower scene in The Power of Now. <laughs> <laughs> That really amped up your showers. <laughs> but I'm telling you, the eucalyptus spray alone, I actually love it. I mean, you would have to get a spray of the spell, uh, a smell that you like. But that alone, I mean, I just took a shower this morning and you yeah. spray it into the shower. It just and had it that. sort of lingers. Yes. It feels spa-like. They had that at the spa that I was at when I was at exactly. um, this resort in California. And I went to the spa and then I took a shower in the spa and they had this spray. And I thought mm-hmm. the same thing. And they were like, just spray one spray. They leave you a little thing if you want yeah. that like eucalyptus thing because at the gym when you go to the steam room they always have eucalyptus in there which is i love the smell yes me too it was a lot of inspiration on this trip about how to just be live a little bit more of a simple minimalist 
life. I did come home yet again wanting to get rid of a lot of stuff. I think I was forced into that process. We've talked about this before of getting rid of a lot of stuff when we moved from Minnesota. And it's funny because I continue to pare down in the Tempe townhome. And I'm about to get rid of our couch because the cat has decided to destroy it. Yeah, that toilet-using cat. I love that yeah, cat. The toilet-using cat is has claws and has destroyed it. Yeah. And I think I'm not going to replace it. Wait, you're not going to have a couch? I think so. I think I'm going to go with, like, cushions. Wow. I know. What do you think? It's I, simple, right? It's very simple. Why do I have to have a couch? You don't. Listen, there's a whole movement of people who sleep on the floor. They, like, roll out a little bed roll and they sleep on the floor. That, Why do I need a bed? Why do I need a couch? I'm just experimenting with that idea in my head because I just look at it and I'm like, I don't want another one. Yeah. So why should I, why do I have to have another one? You I don't, don't have entertain. To. Yeah. It's not like anybody ever comes over. I don't. You know me. Mm-hmm. I do know you. I, I, I do not do that. No. So, but it, but when I watch television or if I'm reading, I just want a bunch of cozy pillows. So that's what I think I'm going to do. I think Simple. you should test it out and see okay. see what works. I could do some pictures. There is that Scandinavian idea, though, of, of getting, of just like having fewer better things. Fewer better yeah. things is like a mantra in my life that I'm trying to work on. And I'm telling you, it's not always working. My husband is like, we have stuff everywhere. He's constantly yeah. like, we have so much stuff. You should surprise him and get rid of a lot of it. I think I need to. And the, what did? how did you say that? Fewer Something- better things. That is the mantra that my husband lives by. Yeah. And I did not, especially when it came to clothes. Yeah. It was more, 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 more the better. Because I, I loved it if I could wear something different many days in a row. Yeah. And then when we were on the show together, when we did the radio show together, do you remember when I had my little rebellious period because it was so cold for so long? Yeah. And I wore blue jeans and a black turtleneck every day until the snow was gone? I do remember that. That went on for a long time. It did. And I, you know, I, they were clean, but I wore the same thing every day for like two months. That was when I was on with you guys from yeah. from like five to seven in the morning. Yeah. It was fantastic. That was early, boy, that I did that. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> but I'm telling you, the ease of life in getting up every day and yeah. knowing what I was going to wear, I could have gotten rid of everything in my closet. So I, I still strive. I've done, I've been able to do that. Fewer better things is a really good mantra. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ian, I remember when he was 20 years ago. He bought himself a coach roller bag. Yeah. Beautiful bag. Just a beautiful suitcase. It was expensive. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, sure. what are you doing? He's like, this is the only one I'm going to have the rest of my life. That's it. I'm committed. I'm committed to this suitcase. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have it the rest of my life. And the service that coach has, I don't even know that they do luggage anymore. Anytime any little thing would break, they would take it back and they would fix it. Mm-hmm. And so he's never had another suitcase. I've gone through like five. I know. His was cheaper. Yeah. In the long run, his <laughs> was cheaper. Long, his was cheaper. Yeah. So it's a good mantra. It really is. And that's, um, I, I did, speaking of trying not to have things, I did buy a couple of things in our way, <laughs> of course. We will always be inconsistent on this podcast. Yes, consistently inconsistent. That's another mantra. Yeah. I, um, we used to have that on our radio show, Marjorie. We did. <laughs> I bought in this little town called Alessand, which was a city that I just fell in love with. And it is, I think it's like the third largest city in Norway. I can't remember. It's the one that's sort of like the closest big city to Geranger, but it's a very small city. I mean, you can walk around the town in like 20 minutes. But so beautiful. So shockingly beautiful. Mm. So, and they also have this lookout point where you can climb 418 steps and stand oh. up there, and then you look out over the city, and it's just so beautiful. And so I'd looked at, I'd looked up like, okay, some things about Alessand. So there is a 
a woman who blows glass and has a studio there, and her name is Ingrid, and then she sells her glassware at this little store called Craft with a K. And there are four artisans who sell their work at this little craft. And so that was the boutique that I found. It was my first and last stop in Alessand. I went into the boutique and just was like, oh my gosh, I love this place. And the woman there was telling me about the artists. And then I learned that the glassmaker that I'd been interested in sold her work there. And then we went all around Alessand. We did the stair climb. We went and had lunch. We had fish soup at this great little place. Mm. And it was so good and cozy and wonderful. And then at the end of the day, I said to a couple of the women that were traveling with us, I said, you know, I went to that store and I really want to go back. And I thought about it all day. And this is something that my mom always says is a way to help you really edit what you have. And this is coming from, I mean, my mom has like an excessive amount of accessories because she's an interior designer and she loves (laughs) everything. But she says, if you're still thinking about it the next day, then it should be yours. If when it comes to like home things in particular. Right. But think about it. Think about it. And so I thought about it and I was like, I just kept thinking about these items. And so I went back with a couple of the women and I ended up buying this candlestick that was, that's white, that's glass blown from, that's glass from this woman. And then it's lined in gold on the top. (gasps) And I'm going to mix it with some other like beautiful antique-y like brass candlesticks because I wanted a couple of things for our kitchen that we're renovating. And then I found this, it's like a vase slash clay pot. So it's like a tall kind of clay pot. And I put a little potted Gerbera daisy in it yesterday. And so I purchased these two things and they weren't super expensive. I mean, I think I ended up spending, I don't know, like $90 total on both of them, maybe $100 on both of them. But when you look at them, you remember the trip. I remember the trip. And that was another reminder to me is sometimes when I go into God Love Target and I love all of those stores where you can like pick up cute things. And I think they've done such a great job of making really cute things. But it's so easy to just end up with so much stuff. Yeah. The other thing that I really am taking away from this trip, and like you just talked about with the wearing the black turtleneck and the blue jeans, Mm -hmm. is just eliminating some choices. You have a limited amount of mind power and decision-making power and willpower in your day. And if you're using it all up on what I'm wearing, what I'm eating, all of those things, you don't have as much space to make the bigger decisions and to think critically about those things in life. And so even just the idea of like the grocery stores there are tiny, Marjorie, because there aren't like, there's no massive grocery emporium Right. Where you have so many choices. I think that in American culture, we pride ourselves on being able to have everything at any time. And it can be almost paralyzing because we have so many choices and so many options all the time that it's just exhausting to figure out what you actually want. Well, it is partially, too, why we probably have a debt culture. Yeah. That as you're building your home, as you're building your life, as you're building, hopefully, and everybody definitely in their 30s should be thinking about this, as you're building your wealth, you have to think about those choices if you want any sort of financial freedom in your life. It's so true. I was reading this story the other day that Americans spend $18,000 a year on average on non-essential items. That's a lot of money. If you if you multiply 18 times 10 you're at 180,000. That's a good that's a good start to a retirement nest egg. It's amazing. That's a house. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. One of the things I would I I'm just going to say one of the things I guess I'm really proud of with my kids who are grown men now is they're very mindful about their lives yeah. and they're very intentional about their lives and they make decisions that are not what perhaps society would tell them to do always. Mm-hmm. They're big risk takers. But 
Campbell, my younger son in particular, it's really interesting to see. He's in school now. He's in grad school. But he's very disciplined. He owns almost nothing. Really? Except books. He loves to read. Yeah. And so his room is filled with books. And he prides himself on how he eats because he cooks for himself every Sunday and has it planned for the week. That's so So smart. it's very organized. Mm-hmm. And he has a very limited wardrobe because the things that excite him have nothing to do with what he has, what he eats, or what he owns. And it's a very sort of monastic life. And I don't know that I could do the same, but I also see that it brings him great freedom of choice. So there's no, the fact that he has no urge to go out and make a ton of money, yeah, which allowed it to be very easy for him to stay in grad school. Mm -hmm. Because you have to essentially decide, okay, I'm not going to make any money for a little bit longer. (laughs) No kidding. And so for some people who are sort of in their early 20s, and they're like, I got to make money. I got to make money. He's fine. And he lives with me, but he could support himself if he weren't. He works. He has a job. I want him to live with me. I want him to save as much money as he can so that when he graduates in December, he can go and have choices of For where sure. he wants to live and what he wants to do. Yeah. But it's a very interesting thing to watch because in my young 20s, I was so aspirational oh, me too. and so driven, perhaps not always for all the right reasons. No I wanted way. To own, I wanted to own a house. I wanted, there are all these things I wanted, 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 yeah. which affected the decisions I made. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting to watch someone living their life that way. It's a choice. And I'm, I'm not sure everybody could do it or everybody should do it. But I, I like watching it because I can see that the peace it brings him. I think that's really fascinating. It is removing. I mean, the more that you can remove the constant need for stuff, mm-hmm. you've automatically then removed the constant need for more money. Yep. And so then you've automatically given yourself some more freedom. I mean, right yep. there. And even if you're not going to be like Campbell and like, because yep. I can't just, I, I mean, food to me is, I, I can't be like Campbell with food. Because I, I, yeah. I like I find such joy and love and, and all of that in in the preparation and the purchasing and the growing and all of that. Right. But when you're really focusing your energy on and your resources on what's really important to you and what's really in line with your values, it just helps everything else just can fall away. I also think that idea of just slowing down and simplicity mm-hmm. is something that I so took from Norway and and I was busy. I mean, it was like it was I want to be clear. I mean, it was a it was a trip, <laughs> not a vacation. Yeah, I mean, it was hustling. It was like there was very little downtime. I did get a fantastic massage on the ship and it was <laughs> really outstanding. I mean, it was so fabulous. But that idea of slowing down and being a little bit more simple and not just having things to have things is gosh, it's freeing. It's so freeing and the people of Norway are very happy. They were saying that Norwegian people, Norway is a great place to live if you love nature and you love to be alone. (laughs) That's what our tour guides were saying. It is the perfect place to live if you love nature and you love to be alone. What's funny too, you know, and a lot of Norwegian people all have cabins. So they live in these small cities. I mean, Oslo is the biggest city and we didn't visit Oslo, but we visited other cities. I mean, and Oslo still is not a huge city. And, (laughs) and so these people have their homes in the city and then they have these cabins and it's like just to get away from it all. And we're like, it all, (laughs) what are you, what are you trying to get away from? Like, I don't know how you can get more remote and the Norwegian cabin I mean, to get away from the bustling city of 220 right. people. I know. And more and more oh people gosh. are having cabins with, you know, working plumbing and electricity. But I mean, honestly, up until recently, I mean, the traditional cabin in Norway is you leave 
your home where you have things like electricity, plumbing, <laughs> running water, and okay. you go out into the mountains to be alone with nothing and with less. And it's considered like the most restorative experience. It's fascinating. Which they're right about. You know, in terms of the, I love that we sort of talked about the simplicity of the Norwegian people. I think as Americans, we're complicated. I think we have an economy that runs on buying. But I would challenge everybody as you go out into the world and as you're you know, growing up with your own children and growing up with your own family. I tried this experiment for a while and it was pretty cool. Is I had a little account where I would put money when I would not buy something. Oh, that's smart. Yeah. Just to see. And it's a good little experiment. And I would say to people, you know, it's easy for us to say, don't buy or buy or whatever. And we're really not saying that to you. I think your message about all of this is just be mindful. Mm -hmm. And it's a message to ourselves. As we say it to each other, we're really saying it to ourselves. But that was kind of a fun experiment because sometimes when I – and for me, my issue is mostly clothes. Yeah. And so when I wouldn't buy something that I really, really wanted, I felt kind of like I was denying myself something. And so I thought, how do I turn that thought around that it's not denying myself something? And it was just shifting where the money was going. Mm Mm-hmm. Because then there is, I think any of us look at a savings account and as it's growing, that's gratifying. Yeah, it's super fun. Yeah. So just, and I, I just think when with all this talk about buy, don't buy, whatever, that's just a fun little experiment to see how that feels. I love it, Marjorie. Okay, there next time, until next time, live the Norwegian life, guys. <laughs> just for a while. Give it a try. If you are enjoying this podcast, which we also hope you are, please subscribe wherever you get your podcast and even better, share it with a friend. And if you're super motivated, you can give us a review on Apple's podcast, a little setup there. So Katie Toust wrote um, a review for us, Marjorie. This is really sweet. She says, this podcast is so smooth and easy to listen to because the things they talk about are so relatable. It feels like I'm listening to true friends that want to make you feel better about everything. And please reach out to us. You can find both of us on Instagram at Best of the Nest or at E. Liz Reese or It's Me, Marjorie One, and on Facebook and Twitter. It's so nice to have you back. Oh, I love it. Until next time. Until next time. Kristen here, reminding you not to do things. What I mean is, with same-day delivery for everything from gifts to groceries, you only have to do the things you want to do. To not do the other things, visit shipped.com. That's S-H-I-P-T dot com.